This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. I'm Arnold Furious. Hello. Uh, with me is Ollie Course. Hello. Hello, Arn. Um, I think we should start off by letting you take the floor and uh, sip your champagne. <laughs> well, yeah, because if you missed the, the results that came in uh, just yesterday, I have once again won the Euro draft. Um, very tough con- competition with uh, Lee Malone. He, uh, he pushed me really hard at the end there. Uh, I actually voted for Lee, so I only really had myself to blame. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, as soon as we'd finished recording, um, on that Euro draft episode, I was like, well, I've, I've clearly won. I, I just didn't see it going any other way, but like, well, it almost we had, happily, we had to take it to a vote, vote in, in the end, but <laughs> yeah, well, technically was... two, because I, I voted for him and okay. he voted for himself. So <laughs> three, really. Oh, it's a landslide. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> The, the the general public has overwhelmingly voted for you on, and you are a two time champion. Two time, back to back, first ever two time champion. With your so. smarky indie picks, <laughs> I just picked I, good I'm wrestlers. Sounding like Callum last year. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all I did. Fun. I I picked good wrestlers, and yeah, I, I this and is the first out. time I've actually been happy with the 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 roster that I had when we finished recording because like uh, the first year. I kind of got lost in the second half and it just went to pieces. And even last year, like I didn't, I, I ended up with a couple of people that I didn't particularly want. And I just ended up with them because I hadn't planned properly. Mm-hmm. So like this year I was literally like, as I was going through, I was like, right, I have that match. I have that match. And like everything just kind of clicked into place. And as I said, like in the little group chat that we had going, the only thing that I really felt I did wrong was the last round where I just, I really didn't have anything planned. Uh, so I ended up with Young Money Chung and then thought afterwards that there's a young Irish wrestler called Clayton Long. Sorry, uh, people, we will get around to the podcast at some point. But yeah, there's a young Irish wrestler called Clayton Long who would have been like an ideal part, uh, like opponent for, for Dean Allmark. And mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to go back and like change that pick. But apart from that, I, I was happy with everything. So I'm, I'm glad the viewers of, um, have seen me as the the superior fantasy draft guy. Well, this means that for the next year, your opinion uh, is better than all of ours. <laughs> uh, well, and yeah, Rob's and anyone. Well, Rob didn't even take part, so I don't. Yeah, know. Rob doesn't even have an opinion. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, Rob can't be with us because uh, his uh, throat is sore, or or wrecked, or whatever he, the word. He said he had like a. 
uh, voice problems when he woke up this morning. Yeah. So, uh, so fair um, enough, not joining a, a, a voice-based activity. <laughs> yeah, it, it's probably a good job we're recording uh, today and not yesterday because uh, I'd been shouting at, at Schadenfreude and yeah. like I was very raspy. So um, yeah, we, we've had a day to recover from that. Should we use that as a, a jumping off point and start the show with your thoughts on the Fight Club Pro Project Mayhem weekend? Uh, I know it's technically uh, not what we didn't write down on the run sheet because we don't have one this week, but I, I'm I'm all for freeform chat, so yeah. let's let's just do that. Um, so yeah, I, I only actually got to the one of the two shows. Oh, okay. um, the night two uh, on the Saturday was early. Like, you know how early the Saturday shows are sometimes? Well, this one was, like, really early, and it finished at, like, 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I was at work till 7. So, um... Not it, was a bit, <laughs> it was a bit ambitious uh, getting a ticket to that one in the first place. Basically, I didn't see what the start time was, and, yeah, I, I fucked it up. Uh, so I didn't go to that, but uh, I'm told it was, it was a decent night. Um, but I also... My main reason for wanting to go to that show is they were going to do Shima and uh, Pete Dunne, which didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why either. I like Pete Dunne wasn't on the show, so I, I don't know. That's it's just Fight Club Pro, isn't it? <laughs> Card subject to change is. Uh, uh... I, I don't know if he tweaked something, and yeah. they just wanted to make sure he was fit for for Wembley because otherwise, like that would be. Bad. It seems like they put Shima in a better match anyway, because he's probably better as a tag guy, and they yeah. put him in I, like, I, I, I think it would have been uh, Walter and uh, Davis, so that's kind of up my alley. It would have been quite intriguing to see that that Shima Pete yeah. match, but uh, anyway, so besides the point, um, going back to the the night before the one I actually did go to, yeah. Um, the the I think the big. Uh, talking point for me is that they change venues very late. Mm-hmm. Um, so Starworks, I don't know what's going on with Starworks, but they had a fire there like two months ago. Um, I'm not going to say insurance job, cough, but um, it's a bit suspicious that they've been broken into as well. Like who would break into? Star- Have you been to Starworks? It's just it's a box. <laughs> yeah, who who would break into a, a basically empty warehouse and steal the, the burger buns? I, yeah, I don't really get that. But uh, so they've moved to another less shady venue, mm. um, which is called the Hangar, uh, which is also just a great big box warehouse yeah. uh, venue. But like, uh, it doesn't have that that needless amount of space that Starworks has got. Like Starworks, is, you have to walk for like twenty minutes to get to the toilet. That's an exaggeration, but like you know what I'm saying, it's like it's a long way away from where the yeah. If you're standing around the other side, there's no hope for you. Whereas this is like a a much smaller venue, so it's like halfway between Starworks and Fiction. It's like a middle ground, if you know what I mean. So yeah, um, the geography of Wolverhampton. <laughs> yes, I, I I know Wolverhampton only through Fight Club Pro venues. Yeah, I, well, this is more for size than than actual. It's like yeah. a little bit past where Starbucks is. But anyway, getting off track again. Um, so like, I really enjoyed the building. I I thought it was an improvement, honestly, on on Starworks. They did an awful lot of work in there very very quickly to get it ready because uh, they only had about three days' notice that they couldn't use Starworks. So yeah. they they did a bang up job of um, of putting that show on. 
Uh, they do need to install more toilets, but apparently they're going through a bit of a refit, the hangar, so there will be more next time. Literally two urinals. So, yeah, you can <laughs> imagine... Uh, unhygienic Britress going, uh, going on there. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but still, it was a fun show. Uh, you had uh, T-Hawk and Shima against the Rascals, which yeah. was a lot of fun. Uh, they did one of their wacky scramble matches, um, and I got to see Curtis Chapman in that, so that was that was a good time. I like Curtis. Uh, Bandido and Flamita, like great seeing that live. Uh, uh, Millie and Ginny was on that show. Um, that match was about to start, and I literally walked back to where I was was standing, and Jordan Devlin was stood there. I probably should have smelled the running. Coming, but um, yeah, he just stood there, big, big Irish grin on his face. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got to talk to a whole load of people. Um, people from all over the country were there because of it being right before progress. Uh, I think a lot of people had gone uh, to turn it into a, like a weekender. Yeah, definitely. Um, got to talk to a lot of the lads. Um, Flamita, I didn't quite understand what I was saying, but like, he's he's a nice boy. <laughs> Uh, Travis Banks, I saw, he said he's going to be back inside a month, so he should be wrestling again soon. Uh, yeah, and I've kind of skipped over the main event. Well, the, there was two main events. There was the one that was advertised, which was the um, eight-man tag, the Schadenfreude versus uh, Fight Club Pro with Mako Satomura at the helm. Uh, that was That was fun enough. But then, like, the show's over, and we're all kind of congregating around chatting, and uh, AFI kicks in, and it's like, oh, Jimmy, oh, God, they haven't done it again, have they? <laughs> and the whole like back wall, there was like a big door uh, there, and they had like a big um, like piece of wood or curtain or something behind it, and it just lifted up, and it just said, like, welcome to Death House 2 on a, on a board at the back wall, and everyone just kind of ran through and got showered in broken glass, and had a very nice time yeah <laughs> i mean it does sound like pretty pretty much an exact repeat of last year but i'm not complaining because that was a <laughs> a special atmosphere for that wacky match uh, that they did <laughs> yeah uh, it was exactly the same match exactly um, the same match <laughs> but um but everyone likes a bit of disgusting violence now and again yeah oh it was absolutely filthy violent yeah. uh the, some of the stuff they did in this, uh, the, like I said, glass flying everywhere. Uh, the they did a fire spot, which is kind of a way of going up on on what they did last year, just to yeah. kind of try and make the sequel a bit more um, violent. But yeah, no, I had, I had a really good time at the show. Uh, got quite drunk, of had course. fun, excellent. Well, on on the back of that as well, they've announced that they're running uh, Corican Hall <laughs> in January. Uh, so that's that's a bit out of the blue, but also you know they've been working with Satamura a lot, and they've obviously got contacts with Shima and his Strong Hearts boys, who I'm loving at the moment. Uh, yeah, they've OWE. single-handedly got me into Wrestle One. <laughs> uh, I'm um, back on board DDT again after uh, basically they put the title on Sammy Callahan, so I was like, Ugh. yeah. yeah. Um, but that yeah. was only for a week, so I'll give him a pass because Strong Hearts are there as well. So Yeah, and Shima's doing a, a shit ton with not a lot <laughs> in Strong Hearts. I mean, you look at that group and it, it... I mean, it's a group of good guys, but it's not exactly world beaters. But they've they've sh- shaken things up. I'm glad that 
they got over so well this weekend. Like they were, everyone was posting pics with Shima and the boys there. Um, and yeah, I will be in <laughs> Tokyo around then, so it's just a matter of twisting mm. my girlfriend's arm uh, to <laughs> to go see yet another wrestling show. Um, negotiations are currently underway as to how many shows I will get to go to on our holiday <laughs> uh, in Tokyo. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's very cool news for them, and we'll see what exactly that looks like, because I can't even imagine <laughs> sort of a Brit rest environment in Corican. That just sounds crazy to me. Uh, and exactly what the crowd makeup is, you know, it's all very question mark, question mark, question mark. But Fight Club Pro is always a bit of a, <laughs> a question mark card subject to change, but it's usually a good time. So yeah, I mean, good job them for making it happen. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's a surprisingly large story to come out of uh, yeah. Fight Club Pro. I think a lot of people have been sleeping on them. It's like they get big crowds, but like you don't hear people going like. Um, so, so what's your promotion of the year and, and Fight Club Pro pops up um, like it did two years ago. Mm-hmm. It's been very much a case of they've been drawing consistently uh, with the live crowds, but then I, I would be hard pushed to, to mention like a match that they've had this year that I, that I think is like a big standout, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and well, they the always have last fun year. shows, but there's just no promotion about them. There's no like reason to get invested. Um They've been doing some decent run-on storylines. Schadenfreude, now that's a very cool group, which makes sense. Um, Like Chris Brooks helming something is a very good thing, Um, and if they can really actually make the heel work stick and not just turn it into you know cutesy stuff, um, like they can tend to do, um, you know that's real interesting. And also, if they're going to be working with Strong Hearts more, Strong Hearts versus Schadenfreude. Maybe in Tokyo is like <laughs> a, a, a blindingly obvious match to do. It'd be interesting to see who they actually get to take over for that card because yeah, the potential is there. Certainly, definitely. Um, so hopefully, I'll get to go see that. Um, you know, <laughs> cry, <laughs> cry my eyes out, but just being in Corican Hall <laughs> at some point that week will be good. So if I can get to FCP as well. That would be very fun, obviously, being a Britress guy. <laughs> Seeing <laughs> Britress in Japan would be a uni- very unique experience, and I've sort of landed into that opportunity somehow. Uh, hooray! <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is the first time in a while we've actually positively talked about Fight Club Pro, which is which is good, because they are a good promotion. Just... Well, Rob keeps telling us to stop talking about them because they're not <laughs> a draw. So... <laughs> so we've started this off terribly. Yeah, sorry, Rob. <laughs> what we should be talking about is endlessly previewing Wembley for pointlessly because everyone will have seen it by the time we've talked about. Uh, uh, it's it's actually happening now. We we we've screwed up so badly that we're actually recording a podcast while Progress yeah. Wembley is happening. But... <laughs> the the biggest show in apparently European wrestling history, according to English. what the sign says, <laughs> English wrestling history. Um, but yeah, like uh. Everyone else is there, and we are not, and that's sort of the elephant in the room. <laughs> but uh, either we're too busy, or we just don't care. <laughs> but obviously we'll be talking about it uh, soon, when it goes up on on the on-demand. Five to seven days from now. Indeed. <laughs> uh, shows that will go up quicker than that, though, are... The WXW Big Weekend, which is actually happening next weekend. It's all kicking off in Europe right now. 
Um, so I think we should talk World Tag Team League. We certainly should. That's what Rob would have wanted us to talk about at the start of the show. for <laughs> <laughs> taking us 15 minutes to get there. You can put a little um, note attached to it and say, just kind of skip in 15 minutes if you want to go straight into the WXW stuff. Yeah. So WXW. Yes. <laughs> uh, the perfect lead-off topic. <laughs> so we've got Group A and Group B. We've got Ring Camp, CCK, Lucha Bros, and Hashimoto and Kamatani in Group A. JFK, Monster Consulting, Aussie Open, and Angelico and Jeff Cobb in Group B. And they're all going to face off in various combinations across the weekend, and it would be kind of fruitless to even try and preview all of that. So it's better to just take an overlook and say, who are you looking forward to most seeing and what matchups? Uh, I'm most forward looking uh, toward Group A entirely. Like, I don't think there's going to be a, a bad match mm-hmm. in, in Group A. It's a, a quite incredible uh, four teams to put together. And they're just from all over the place as well. I mean, Ring Camp from, and CCK have obviously faced each other before. Um like in the last month, they've they've yeah. actually wrestled each other uh, twice, I think. <laughs> um, but um, putting uh, Lucha Brothers in there as well, and Akami, the Hashimoto Kamatani team, that's going to create some some really genuinely intriguing matches that I just I did not see coming this year. Even when they they put those uh, the teams together, I figured the split would be more even. So you'd probably have like. Uh, I, I'd like to think of Monster Consulting, JFK, and Aussie Open as all European teams. Yeah. And Ringkampf and CCK. So it's like you kind of thought the split would be Ringkampf heading at one group, CCK the other, and like an even split of the teams as, as close as possible under that. And then they've just not done that at all. They've just loaded up Group A, left Group B so that um, Monster Consulting can kind of shine there almost. And it's a good chance for Aussie Open to, to show what they can do. Whereas Group A is just going to be wall-to-wall uh, crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's all like the work rate group and the story group almost. Because um, obviously JFK, uh, you know, really being built up as a, a, a scummy heel act. Monster Consulting of, of their guys right now in the tag division. So it makes sense to sort of clear the way a bit for them to to do their thing and build on the story they've been telling for the last few months um, and sort of clear the landing for the other teams to just have killer matches with each other outside of any story. Um, And yeah, it's two great groups um, last year and the year before all delivered really strong matches. And this, this weekend is starting to, to match the prestige of 16 carat like people are seeing it in that same vein of like a, just a, a super tournament which is yeah. fun to see for a tag team i think that they've definitely loaded this uh tournament up this year and it's not just a tournament it's the non-tournament stuff as well it just oh, it feels like a really stacked four nights of wrestling and i'm including in a circle in that I think they've done a marvelous job of, of putting this together uh, like uh, normally at tag league it feels like it's you get um, like a solid introductory first night and then it gradually builds and then you get the yeah. crescendo on night three. I can see all three of these uh, tag league nights being strong because oh, yeah, of how, well, how stacked they are. They, they've absolutely loaded up the non-tournament matches, as you say. Each night has a, a, a match they've been building up to for, for months now. 
Yeah. Um, night one, obviously, has the hair versus hair. Simmons versus Star. I've I've never seen a hair match. <laughs> You're about I've never to seen see someone go bald for them and their children and their children's children. <laughs> it's something that really. Ge- I I am genuinely excited at the prospect <laughs> of seeing someone be be shaved bald like right in front of me. In a wrestling ring, it's it's exciting stuff. Well, but both men have a lot of hair in general, so I don't know if not only is the the top of the hair going, but also everything else. Are you going to get I mean, like if... a chest wax? No, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> that's going to take too long. Quite frankly, <laughs> that'd be more humiliating than losing because hair just grows back. But you know, getting waxed in front of a thousand people is uh. Yeah, I don't think they've run by these guys that. That, that waxing might be involved. I think it's okay. uh, it's just head hair. <laughs> but yeah, like obviously that's sort of a, a heated feud that they didn't get to do at Carrot. So this is sort of like the make good, and they they've done a very good yeah. job of extending I, it through there. Yeah, I, they, I've enjoyed like the promos and stuff better than the match that they had, the Last Man Standing match. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of the Last Man Standing nah. match either. It was a bit kind of all over the place, but. Maybe they'll be more focused with this, knowing that there's an actual finish, and like you know, obviously knowing that there's a non-finish does kind of kill your, uh, I guess, I guess your your um, effort level a bit. I mean, I'm just completely guessing here, but <laughs> like if I were a wrestler, I'd probably I don't, put out I don't 100% like... on the on the blow off rather than the match building yeah, up. Yeah, you don't want to really have a something like a last man standing, which uh, used to be called a death match in. Um like the southern states back in the day. So you don't really want something like that, a death match, and have it as a bridging match to something yeah. else. It felt like it that kind of needed to be the payoff, or they could have just done a no DQ, which would I'd have been fine with. And had that in and doing it like a double count out or something. Doing yeah. it as like a, a last man standing kind of implied, you know, only one winner, and then to yeah. have that as a draw was a bit disappointing. Yeah, using gimmicks to get to other gimmicks is a, you know, <laughs> not the yeah. best move ever, but they've got here, and it is a very interesting match to presumably main event night one with, and I assume got, so. They've got the same kind of rivalries on night two and three as well. Um, on night three, they've got Tarkin Aslan versus Lucky Kid, which probably isn't going to be uh, the most spectac- spectacular wrestling no. match, but it's going to be <laughs> emotional, I'd say. Well, Tarkan is not a particularly good wrestler, but he is a very good storyteller. Yeah. So they can have a very different match there. Um, I think putting it on night three is ideal because you don't really want that to main event a show. No, really, no. it's not. It, it will be, be the antithesis to the you know the the all out amazing match main event that they'll go for. This will be the the grudge death match that, <laughs> where they're just gonna brawl around the ring and kill each other. And I'm all in for it because they've been telling the story brilliantly. Obviously, the the wacky ninja patch was incredible, <laughs> and all of Aslan's promos since then have been yeah, excellent. I, I've enjoyed the. I mean, I, I'm kind of confused as if this is going to go one way or the other because you know the shotgun title match with you've got Alani is defending on night two. Yeah. So he's defending against the winner of a four way match, which uh, Lucky Kid is one of the participants. You've also got Fred Yehai. Uh, Emil Satochi and Julian Pace as the other four, as the other three guys in that four-way. They're all baby faces. Uh, Tarkan Aslan has approached 
each of the other guys separately, uh, Yehai, Satoshi, and Pace, uh, to try and get them to help in ensuring that Lucky Kid doesn't win to get that uh, that shotgun title match on, on night two because they just don't want him to be in there. So it's going to go one, one way or the other. You're either having Lucky Kid winning and getting into that match or somebody's turning. And I can't see it being Satoshi because he's, he's not been babyface for very long. So that does leave a couple of interesting opportunities there. Yeah, I guess the only problem with someone turning is that they've then got to face heel Al Annie on night two. So potentially someone turning and Lucky Kid still winning. <laughs> I could see happening. Yeah, it's hard to see where they're going to go with that. But then that's part of the intrigue. Like, oh yeah, I- definitely. Ideally, you you think Lucky Kid would win that match and be in that match with Al because that's what they've been building to. But not necessarily. Something else might happen. Yeah, because they haven't really, obviously with a lot of the teams being international teams, they haven't been able to build up the actual tag league on the shotgun very much. So they've yeah. really focused their efforts on building up the shotgun feud and Tarkan Asla and Lucky Kid. And so it does add a lot of value to those matches outside of the tournament, as you say. Uh, definitely more than ever they've focused on doing that and it makes these cards a lot more well-rounded than we've seen yeah. in the past. So we're gonna the, get... tournament, the tournament stuff was always going to be good anyway, so oh, it's, yeah, yeah. it's just adding an extra layer to stuff uh, by giving so much background and so much um, uh, reason to care about the other matches they've got going on. And there's no more so than uh, for the WXW Unified World Wrestling title match uh, with Absolute Andy, Bobby Guns and Ilya Dragunov. The promos that all three men have been doing to build to this have been amazing. But if you haven't seen it, WXW put up on their Twitter the Absolute Andy promo from Shotgun this week. It's one of the best promos I've seen this year. It was stunning. I think you know the one I'm talking about. Andy is crushing it as (laughs) the man in WXW right now. Like, (laughs) I mean, he wasn't quite Ric Flair levels here, but he was certainly getting up there in terms of just that heel presence, that heel champion clinging on to what he wants and he truly believes that he is the best even though he knows that he isn't the most athletically gifted. It, it's it's truly great stuff and both of his promos on last week's Shotgun were great. Obviously they yeah. uploaded the more cinematic one but sort of the more well you know something Mean Gene one they did earlier yeah. was great Yeah too. The, the comedy one was very good with him saying it wasn't him it was a guy that looked like him wearing yeah. his jacket. <laughs> Well, that's what Andy can do. He can do the comedy, but he can also turn it on serious yeah. when he needs to and come across as a real threat. So certainly Andy's really anchored this match in this title scene, and they've played an absolute blinder with him this year. Yeah, he's kind of come out of nowhere, because like, we were talking about this for the Euro draft. Um, we always kind of rated him, but he was he was kind of hidden away in the tag yeah. division there, and you didn't really see him as as being the guy that's going to break out and have like a big singles year like 12 months ago. It just didn't, it didn't look like it was going to happen. And then the turn at Tag League last year and everything that he's done since has just been so perfect. <laughs> and it, it's almost sort of made Ilya Dragunov obsolete. Like obviously he's sort of their baby face star, but he doesn't need to be, you know, all-encompassing everything about WXW because Andy's doing that. <laughs> yeah. well, it's, I'll tell you what, though. It's taken the pressure off Dragunov. Absolutely. Like, he doesn't have to go out there and be this blow-away great wrestler every night like he was trying to do when he first won the title and he, he got injured. Not big injuries, but a couple of minor injuries yeah. uh, after Carrot. Um, 
having Andy just take the pressure off him has just allowed him to, to go back to what he's really good at, which is those intense promos, those intense matches where he doesn't need to carry the company on his back. And it's made him a bigger star for it. Uh, maybe not so much in Germany, but the fact that he's out at Wembley against Pete Dunne in one of their, their marquee matches for like the big, big progress show. Uh, the fact that he's been over for, for Bowler uh, for PWG and blew that that crowd away with his with his effort and his ability. It's it's been a great year for him, but in WXW it's been all about Andy, and that's allowed him to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's it's funny that as as we say, Ilya is doing all these uh, international excursions. He's obviously going to have probably the most interesting match um, tonight at Wembley, as we record. And obviously, he got all great reviews against Shingo and Ringkampf. Um, at uh, PWG, but despite all of that, he is a storytelling wrestler first and foremost. Like <laughs> he's not his emo is very good at it. His best thing isn't these crazy work rate matches. It's just the intensity and the emotion. And obviously, they're playing off of his family and uh, Andy uh, saying Constantine, Constantine. And <laughs> <laughs> in, in the promos, you can't understand until they subtitle them on Shotgun. <laughs> Um, but those matches were really interesting and not because of anyone's particular, you know, blow away wrestling ability, but just because these characters are so engaging. And there was a worry there that maybe they were going to jump the shark with Ilya a little bit, but as you say, they've been allowed to take the pressure off of him and sort of ease back and be what he is good, he is excellent at. <laughs> with Andy, and it's it's created some good stuff. And then we yeah, push in Bobby Guns into the mix as well. Yeah, it's. Bobby is almost getting overwhelmed here because he's getting in there with these two enormous characters yeah. and it's almost a tough spot for him which when he won shortcut to the top I was like well this is this is him made because of the reactions from the crowd but like you see him in this match and it, it's I think he's got the hardest job here because he's probably the least um showy when it comes to actual matches, his strengths tend to be in, in building uh, his character uh, with promos, which is what the other two are good at as well. But when it comes to the actual matches, like Andy has all manner of hijinks and Dragonoff's a nutcase. So Guns is more, you know, uh, grounded mat work. It's yeah. um, it's going to be tough for him to to really stand out in this is three way. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting you say that because I can't really imagine this match as it is put together. <laughs> I'm sure they'll come up with something good, but like it being a freeway and being such different styles, it it's going to be a challenge certainly to create something anywhere near the level of the the freeway at Carrot, which was obviously spellbinding. Well, that <laughs> that was a lot easier for them to, to put together because of the, yeah. the the nature of all the the three wrestlers involved, and you had that. Uh, in Bad Bones, you had like a definitive bad guy uh, who was not going to back down, but like he was going to be the bad guy, but they were all really tough. So that was the basis of it. It was just three guys just beating each other up. And here you've got like, uh, Andy's got like cowardice issues. You've got uh, Guns who, I don't know if you call him like uh, a striker at all. Like he's, these strengths lie, lie elsewhere. So it's, it's a very different match and that they're, they're going to have a challenge, I think, with this one. It'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's a very challenging match. Who do you think's winning? <laughs> um, yeah, I think Andy's probably retaining because he's so good at what yeah. he's doing at the moment. Um, 
I can see that leading to possibly Guns versus Ilya as a, a feud away from the title because I think it's probably too soon for Guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dragunov, obviously they they did that. He won at Carrot and then uh, dropped the belt. Um, so I think that the logical thing to do is to keep it on Andy, have somebody else come through as a challenger. Uh, I would love to see uh, Andy and Tim Thatcher as like a, a multiple uh, show feud. I think uh, he's probably going to ha- get to work with Volta at some point and eventually they're going to change it at probably at Carrot. Yeah, I, I would agree with that too. It seems the way they've been building it up on Shotgun as well, that they're sort of not turning Ilya heel, but sort of trying to reduce him down, not de-push him, but just make him question himself a bit more. Like he's been he's been giving in to Andy's uh, tricks a bit more and sort of self-admitting it. Yeah. There, there, there's... I, I, the promo he, that he cut on Shotgun, the, his his version of the Andy cinematic promo, basically, um, it sort of had a twinge of um, like doubt. I was almost going to say like, oh, they're just sort of overegging the pudding on the Dragonor character, but it's because um, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but it did seem like they were saying Dragonor sort of trying to be what he isn't. He's trying to be all oh, Mister Invincible when he's still questioning that. And that all seems to be what they're playing up to. That maybe they are going to have guns and Dragonov go at it um, as a you know the two top faces going up against each other. Um, but that's just my, the way I read into it. It could be a completely different thing, or it could be unintentional. <laughs> I don't know, but that's how I saw it. The thing that WXW is very very good at is the uh, running run on booking. So getting from like one show to the next, yeah. one storyline to the next, and Something will happen over the course of this weekend that will change the the structure of the cards um, for like the end of this year and going through to sixteen carat. And I'm not entirely sure which direction they're going to go into, which is what makes it uh, so intriguing. Because like tag league will change the tag division, but the singles matches that they have going on could just completely change the landscape. But it's mm-hmm. until it happens, you just don't know which way they're going and. Um, which is part of the like with CMJ I just think he's very good at, at telling that story where he can get from A to B but then there's also a C coming up and then <laughs> then we get to D and E and eventually like it'll make sense like A to E and it'll just everything is one part of one big story that he's had like in his back pocket for a year which um, there's there's not many bookers that can do that Jacobean booking, booking baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah really is um, there was something else I was going to say but I might have forgotten it now so I might just move on oh yeah, no I've got it edit it out <laughs> Rob <laughs> he isn't going to edit it out now no no of course not, shouldn't Um, but it's that WXW sort of had a hard time resetting after Carrot Um, obviously with Bad Bones uh, leaving in circumspe- circumspect circumstances um, that definitely hurt them, but their momentum seemed to fall down a bit in May, June, after Superstars of Wrestling. They didn't seem like they had a lot on deck. Um, I think the problem since... they had there was that uh, Rise was supposed to be a much yeah. bigger part of the show, and it really isn't, and I think they've, they've almost got a bit lost with Bouncer and Kev are kind of just in the background now, whereas Bouncer was supposed to be like coming to the forefront, and, and he just isn't. Yeah, and that's basically because Demat got injured as well, so that that was the issue. 
It was a very unfortunate turn of events there. Um, but since the summer break, they came out guns blazing, uh, leading into shortcut to the top. And everything since then has just been really, really intriguing. They, they've done a great job of building to this weekend in terms of storyline. Obviously, they've got all these great matches that we're going to be talking about. But, I mean, the week-to-week shotgun stuff has been just as good as it was uh, back in February and January. Like, they've gotten back there. It's not even that intrigue. It's just the storytelling, because the storytelling on Shotgun has always been a major highlight, uh, and the character building that they do on there, uh, teaching young guys how to cut promos and do like proper TV work, that's always been good. But what's been good recently is the standard of the professional wrestling that's been on display. Like the matches have gone from being like two two and a half star uh, throwaways to like three three and a half three and three quarter like really genuinely good matches that they've been putting on this tv show yeah definitely the the, the shotgun matches you, you did sometimes think ah, i'll just skip over this because i just want to get to the, the bits um yeah. but yeah the, the mat i think since they've done more of these batch cap shows um and done like the full tapings they have thought about the matches a bit more um and yeah, they're definitely working out for me. I mean, there haven't been any like match of the year contenders or anything, but they're they're strong matches that always seem to have a point in the story. So definitely thumbs up in in terms of that. Um, Shotgun is definitely more watchable than ever before because of those those matches they're adding into all the story elements, as you say. Yeah, I don't know people who have in the past just skipped over the matches because the, there was really nothing. Mm stand out there but well, uh, me included as recently as as i say january and february <laughs> yeah but uh yeah the, the standard is so much better now and we've said this um like throughout this year uh we, we had uh wxw as our promotion of the year for um for 2017 for it for europe but um the standard of the the quality of the wrestling on all of their shows has gone up since then and it's not just a promotion that peaks twice a year is now a promotion that that just stays there, <laughs> like <laughs> stays on a, a wonderful high all the time. Uh, most of their big events this year have been very, very good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very good to see the hard work paying off. I guess that they they've sort of addressed what they knew were problems, and you know, there's still issues uh, with Shotgun and some of the shows, but. In general, it's probably the most complete product we have right now, and I guess that's why we we sound so invested when we're talking about it. Yeah, and like uh, so, the, the last like three big shows they've done: uh, Shortcut to the Top, uh, the two fan yeah. appreciation nights, Hamburg and Oberhausen. All of those shows were were very good. Um, I'm trying to think which one I preferred, whether it was Shortcut. Um, I guess probably. The shortcut, I think, for the booking was was slightly better, but I thought the fan uh, appreciation in Hamburg uh, is one of the best non-carrot shows I've ever seen them do. With uh, Andy and Sabre on top, yeah, uh, Ringkampf against uh, Unbezig Star <laughs> um, just underneath. Which honestly, that match was so good, such a good match. Uh, uh, Doug and Veit Muller on that show was really good. Uh, Bobby Guns and Mario Salani that went to the 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 count out uh with alani uh, chickening out uh the women's match was really good but it was only like six minutes long uh monster consultant jfk was really good and brooks and yeho was really good so it's like <laughs> literally it's like a a show where there was no bad matches and the high-end stuff like the last two and say guns and alani all like 
I would say like four stars or higher, which like to have that on a show that is not one of their major shows, that shows where their their standard is at right now, which it's great, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen uh, Guns and Al Andy wrestle about a million times this year, but (laughs) each match is still very good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the, so, the standard yeah. is always very high for them. They've definitely been bringing it. Um, obviously, including uh, the World Tag Team League stuff and these these big blow-off matches, uh, they've also got a very strong presence of uh, women's matches on these mm. shows. And oh, God, yes. And obviously, And, yeah, just kind of very under the radar, they've put together <laughs> some like Which, women's dream the matches. The thing is, like the amount of talent they've got there for Femme Fatales, like, it gets better every single year. Yeah. Um, why not use that on the other nights? And they've got, uh, I mean, in a circle, they've got Lufisto and, and Chris Wolf. They've got Mako and Tony Storm just randomly on night one of Tag yeah. League. Just, <laughs> oh, oh, here's like two of the best women's wrestlers in the world. Let's just put them together. And um, they've got uh, Tony Storm and Vesna on night two and Vesna and Lufisto on night three. And Satomura versus Vesna in Femme Fatale. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they know who we want to see. <laughs> and there's there's some genuine quality in this field. It's a, like, I would say the the worst wrestler that is competing in Femme Fatales this year is Audrey Bride, who I think is really good. Yeah. And, and that's the bottom rung. And then you've got seven wrestlers that are varying degrees better than her which that is a phenomenal standard for for women's wrestling i think they might have actually put on the the best field for a women's tournament i've seen uh i can't even remember there being a a women's tournament certainly not in europe that had that that depth that's very very impressive that's gonna be a very fun show um and yeah but again just like with World Tag League and uh, uh, Carrot, this is sort of, they're building this up to the same level as Ambition, which we sort of whisper in hushed tones as like, <laughs> you know, one of the special shows of the year. And now with this kind of lineup that they've got with Lou Fisto versus Tony Storm, Audrey Bride versus Millie McKenzie, Killer Kelly versus Chris Wolf, and Satomura versus Vesna, which is obviously the big first round clash, um, and then semi finals and finals. You know, you're gonna get some real top quality there, and like, even if some of the matches don't deliver, they're gonna be fun at the very least. Like yeah. all of those women are like tippy top performers, um, who who can wrestle on that big stage. So like, <laughs> that'll be a really in, exciting show. Like as a show, Femme Fatale has always been like one of these little side attractions during mm. uh, Tag League weekend, um, but this year the standard is just way better than it ever has been. Yeah, obviously not all the matches will get time, and maybe that's the one thing I worry about about those yeah. big matches like Satomura Storm in on the main shows as well is that they're competing for time against some, <laughs> some very big matches elsewhere on the card. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be special to see that, and even if not all of the matches deliver, and they're probably not all going <laughs> to deliver to the to the amount we're hyping them up, but some gonna will. Be, so there's going to be some <laughs> gems in there, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited about uh, Tag League. I think as a... So we're going to be there for like four days. Oh, well, you're not. You're not going, are you? I'm, not. I, I <laughs> I'm sorry, Ollie. <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to go see Flight Club Pro in Japan. <laughs> it's easier to get back from than Wolverhampton. <laughs> but anyway, five, five shows over four days. And 
I think they're all going to be great. Uh, I'm just looking at Inner Circle, and even on Inner Circle, you've got uh, Akamiya wrestling JFK. Tim Thatcher and Fred Yehi, that is such a great Inner Circle match. Like putting together two guys who are very technically sound. They're going to do strikes that are just going to deafen you in that building. Yeah, that, that's that's the Inner Circle match that uh, you'll talk, we'll talk about for ages, just like Paul London and Absolute Andy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'm looking forward to the whole, the whole thing's going to be like a great weekend. Mm. Yeah, I'm very excited for you and Rob. Um, and you're going to deliver some top content, I'm sure. Con- absolutely <laughs> banging top level content, smoking hot. And in the meantime, I'll I'll find a willing victim to review the Wembley show <laughs> with me. <laughs> I'm sure you can find someone. Oh yeah, absolutely. Some someone in of uh, Britrest fandom who isn't in. Germany that weekend. <laughs> That'll be fun. Um, so yeah, that's kind of our WXW rundown. And I believe now we have questions that you lovely people have been sending in. Yeah, uh, because there was no big show to review, I basically just asked um, the timeline, like, what what do you want us to talk about? So um, here's what we got. Uh, Jamesy, at Jamesy underscore 2015, uh, where are you all in terms of Euro Match of the Year and rest of the year candidates at this point? Uh, so I've, I've made a few notes. Uh, I wrote down seven matches that I think have been the best in Europe this year. Volta is in six of them. <laughs> um, so that's your wrestler of the year question sorted. Um, the matches in question, just in case you're wondering, uh, Volta against Tim Thatcher from Progress in January. Uh, Carrot Night Team Main of Ilya, Bones, and Volta. Mm-hmm. Volta and Sabre from Progress. Uh, Ilya and Volta from True Colors. The other Ilya Volta match from Superstars of Wrestling where Volta didn't do a chop. That match is incredible. Like, that might actually be my match of the year. Um, Osprey and Riddle from Scrapper Mania. And Volta and Devlin from WrestleRama. So, a couple from, from OTT. Yeah, again, the, the three matches that jumped out to me were all. <laughs> Walter matches. <laughs> um, the aforementioned uh, triple threat Bones, Walter, and Ilya. I mean, I don't think anything's going to top that because the atmosphere was just ridiculous. The, mm. the WrestleMania esque entrances, <laughs> being in the uh, the Irish contingent, and everyone's minds melting for Ilya and uh, Kilby destroying his knees, <laughs> <laughs> um, and everyone crying and hugging was oh uh, yeah, a special time indeed. So. I can't really look past that, but obviously Walter versus Devlin, another very special match for different reasons um, in OTT, and that story is yet to be finished. Um, Walter versus Mark Davis in progress. That's my progress match of the year, no doubt. Um, I can't. Oh, surely the Thatcher one's better than that. No, no. The, you the chopped Davis him in the face. I, <laughs> the forehead. Yeah. <laughs> Is your, is a, is the forehead part of the face? That's my question. Yes, yes, it is. Bag. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just like Rob, I, I went goo goo over uh, the Davis Walter match, and I can't believe they're not redoing that at any point. Um, thinking of non Walter matches, <laughs> um, the, the tag match from uh, Strong Style Evolved in Milton Keynes, um, Suzuki and Sabre versus. Uh, Okada and Ishii, that was pretty special for me. Just the charisma explosion, hearing the Okada and Suzuki new themes for the very first time. The balloons, which we all thought we had imagined, 
eating pizza with Rob and Mike Kilby on our private Britrest balcony. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that that was very special as well. Maybe not the best in-ring match ever, but just <laughs> the atmosphere for that um, in the private skybox was <laughs> was electric. Um, Bobby Guns versus Mike Bailey, and also Mike Bailey versus Bad Bones from earlier in the year in WXW. Both very strong matches. Um, and obviously, even though I didn't see it live because <laughs> of the angle we were at, but Bobby Guns bending uh, Bailey's fingers back and like not even his fingers, his whole hand <laughs> just completely back on itself uh, was excellent. That was um, sickening, absolutely sickening. Can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Um, I mean, we still got World Tag Team League to go. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. well we we still well, got like three stuff. months left. Oh, so. of course. From Carrot, uh, Timothy Thatcher versus Lucky Kid. I was there yeah, was very good. all the way for that match. <laughs> that was tremendous. I, I remember the uh, the position I was in. I, I was like, I had my hands on my knees, sort of like crouched for the whole last five minutes. Just like <laughs> wondering where the hell the finish was going to come from and buying on every single thing. Yeah, so there's some matches to go and watch. Those are some matches. <laughs> Some non-Walter matches for for variancy's sake, but of course Walter has been in everything brilliant and amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, he's been the standout by by some distance. Um, so moving on, uh, Scott, who we know from Warpod, Scott uh, underscore eighteen seventy eight. His question reads: WrestleGate Pro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I believe we made the call for questions on the same day as WrestleGate Professional Wrestling announced their logo yeah oh, this very strange it's um i think it's gary ward the south side is, yes guy um yeah he's he started a promotion with a really odd name yeah. and they're going to be running shows if they get enough retweets i don't really <laughs> understand it's a strange business <laughs> model uh, yeah. retweet retweets for shows yeah i presume they'll run at some point yeah <laughs> we'll we'll possibly keep like half an eye on it <laughs> maybe <laughs> but squint um okay uh matt uh underscore m yano uh <laughs> he wants to talk about how all wrestling fans are geeks well they are so um yeah. obviously love matt yano he's not a geek and if you're listening to he, this, he you're is not a geek either. he is a complete geek <laughs> 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 Just like the rest of us. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, Gary on Graps wants a state of the Euro Graps union. Well, I, I think you're going to get that on um, the the Saturday night after party. Uh, obviously, I won't be there representing uh, the, the Oliver Court brand, but <laughs> um, Rob and on and if if you're in the know, you're in the know. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, meetings meetings will be had. Things will be discussed. Yes, um, I'm sure there'll be a pic of you lot hiding behind the the big black uh, curtains and <laughs> <laughs> discussing various things uh, with Avalanche probably, um, and that'll be very fun. And I look forward to hearing about Mike Kilby's shattered knees. He always does that for that that uh, Ilya entrance thing, and like he punches the ground as well. And I'm like, watch the watch Ilya's entrance. He doesn't actually punch the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls his punches. <laughs> yeah. Um. E- even that man is smart enough not to just 
<laughs> break his wrists. <laughs> um, at MKNHNR... Uh, what's his name? Is it Carl? I think his name's Carl. Um, he also wanted to talk about WrestleGate Pro. Uh, he doesn't want us to talk about progress, so that's fine. We haven't. And third uh, question, Scarf or Hi-Viz? Scarf or Hi-Viz? Yeah, I... Must have missed something on the Twitter. Uh, scarf, I guess? Is that... Is that like Timothy Thatcher putting his scarf around his face for... Oh no, because he doesn't want to talk us about progress and so he won't want to hear about calendar no. Thatch Kings. Uh, I don't no. understand that question. No, okay. Um, Ian Hamilton <laughs> uh, asks, Are some promotions spoiling us with booking and others making, uh, making others look bad in comparison, naming no names? Would that involve breaking the last question? Possibly. I don't. I basically he's saying that WXW's booking has been like exceptional this year, and progresses is not. Which, yes. um, which I would to be agree honest with. with. I tell you what, <laughs> the difference between the two, uh, and I think it's a much smaller difference than than people realise. I think progress has not dealt well with injuries. They've their plan B has not been as good as their plan A. WXW's plan B has come through. When they've needed to adapt, yeah. they've adapted better. So, I think if everything went according to plan in both promotions, I think we'd have seen a lot of really good wrestling this year. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't always go according yeah. to plan. Well, with, with the progress booking, you can see the working. Um, so, it, it's they've definitely put in effort to do it, but stuff like, the, obviously, the Fonda Bastard uh, tag series was kind of, uh, you know, losing the plot a bit. Um they were obviously unfortunate with Osprey and Saber, uh, but they eventually got back to title bait anyway. Although, I I gotta say they could have done better hyping that match than they have. <laughs> it really just feels like just a match, even though it's purportedly the main event. Mm. Um, but obviously the booking isn't just all around Wembley. There has been some other good stuff. Obviously Walter as Atlas Champ was was a very exciting run. Yeah. I think um, we we always feel that progress um, kind of goes off the rails when they've got a big show to plan towards, yeah. and it's just... And they didn't actually go off the rails this time. It just... I don't know if the rails were just a bit too predictable, or, uh, again, just uh, unlucky, or just... You could, see, you could see the effort, but not the execution. Yeah, it just... It hasn't quite come together for me, for Wembley. Um... Apart from Don Dragonov, which is exciting. Uh, but in general, yeah, I mean, they've obviously appealed to the people they appeal to. <laughs> uh, maybe we slipped the net a bit, but other people didn't. I don't. Well, I've watched David every show, and, for example. <laughs> oh yeah, he loves progress. I had to block him. Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway, move, moving sorry, on. At Gordon JB wants us to talk about 1PW. Uh, well, you can just go and buy the book that I wrote about it, mate. <laughs> Save yourself some time. Um, at RBX2000, if Absolute Andy is the king of dads, does that make me more or less of a disappointment to him than my actual father? Uh, I guess about the same. Uh, he also had a question about, uh, on a more serious note, given the relatively poor performance of the Scottish scene in the Euro draft. Uh, could you take some time to look at things and why the place that arguably led the way in the Brit Rest Revival has fallen so far behind? Um, yeah, well, the problem that the Scottish scene has got is that ICW is by far and away the largest promotion and they are still shite. Um, until another promotion comes along and does a really good job 
of booking the talent that's up there, I don't think it's going to get exposed the mm. way it should. Um, there are other promotions up there, but at the moment, there's nothing that's that's really standing out so much as to, to grab my attention. A Discovery, I think, have been doing some decent work, but um, is it any better than what like the bigger British promotions are doing or or WXW are doing? It's It's just not really anywhere near as good, so... Yeah, until such a promotion comes up and uses that talent, I don't think we're going to see the best of it. Yeah, they're, they're crying out for a, a buzzworthy promotion away from the, the monolith that is ICW, because it, any anyone wrestling in ICW is going to get uh, you know swept up in the bullshit. <laughs> it's just inevitable. Mm. The way they book that will never change. It's always going to be 1997. Um, and it's you know, you know what you're getting, and I think even the fans of that are starting to get tired of that. Like, you just do not hear the same kind of buzz for ICW now. And obviously, we tried watching it. <laughs> I, yeah, I tried for a year. <laughs> it, it's, it's over. The, the experiment has failed for us, and we're never going to be doing ICW again. Um, and every time I have seen it since that one show we really enjoyed, it has been quite dire so crushing disappointment Uh, booking is awful um they do there are positives um i think they have one of the best ring announcers in the business yeah uh simon cassidy elements of their presentation are really strong definitely yeah i've I've always been a big fan of the commentary i think the commentary is really good um the the officials are very good like everything apart from the storylines is is (laughs) good the, there is some talent up there. The, 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 the stage talent. is really good, but everything that plays out upon it is disastrous. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like uh, an even worse version of WWE. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And it, again, it has its audience, but that audience is slimming. And I'd say that the window is definitely open for another promotion that goes the other way and you know, produces something completely different to ICW, but with coherent. talent available. Something coherent. <laughs> coherent wrestling. <laughs> um, I, uh, there's definitely the window open for that. So the Scottish scene can still be reclaimed, and we can probably talk about the Scottish show in the future, but in its current guise, it's a, it's, it's a non-starter for us. Yeah, I'll be keeping my eyes and ears open, but um, like I said, ICW is a very tough watch. I still watch the odd match from there, but not a lot. Mm. Um... Okay, next question. At No More Mutants, Scarlet Witch, what wrestler do you think cooks the best Christmas dinner? I hadn't thought of an answer for this one. (laughs) uh, Are we limited to British wrestlers? Uh, Bushi? (laughs) I I definitely think Hiromu Takahashi would be... um, very cook good. an interesting Christmas dinner. Hiromu yeah. and Bushi cooking Christmas dinner would be interesting. Because Big L.I.J. dinner. They'd come up with great presentation. They'd come up with wacky flavours. There'd be some green mist in there somewhere. Um, you'd get to eat it with a, with a Daryl on your lap. I, I think that'd be lovely. Uh, an L.I.J. Christmas dinner. Uh... I also think Shah Samuels knows his way around a kitchen. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. If you're talking practically, yeah. You'd get your cut of meat from him. Yeah, definitely. Definitely Shah Samuels, I think, for me. Um, <laughs> next question. At Ant Smashcast. Uh, Ant, I've known him for years. Uh, he's asking about World of Sports. Uh, what the fuck was that all about? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> How much World of Sport did you see, Alan, by the way? We haven't really I, talked about it much. 
Well, I started watch. I watched the first two episodes, and yeah. then I cherry picked a few matches from from other shows because I just couldn't sit through the presentation. It, exactly the same here. I mean, uh, I I am twenty two years old, and I cannot keep up with that editing. <laughs> I don't think a seven year old who's just eaten a, a a tin of gummy bears could keep up with that either. Well, there are reasons for this. Have you heard about the legal reasons for everything? Although they can't like show a, a anyone kicking it, anyone yeah. else in the head or whatever. Yeah, yeah. In, in case it's replicated by yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, children at home, and because of the time slot, that's what they were allowed to do, and that was it. Um, every show that they edited together, they had to run past a, a legal team. So, as you, I, I don't, I can't imagine running a promotion like that thinking through these matches and thinking I can't really have the guy do a big flip to the outside because he's going to get like to the ropes and we're going to cut to somebody in the back row looking bored uh <laughs> I don't know I don't know what the what the whole point of it was really uh ITV apparently were, were reasonably happy with it to begin with but then they moved it around in the time slots so yeah, it was I, on at 2 p.m. this week I think which is, you know, <laughs> that's that's no, nowhere near any sort of slot you want to be on if you want to be getting really not uh, take, taken seriously at all. So yeah, that's that's what the fuck it was all about, and the reason why um, Wade Barrett was basically in every segment is because they paid him more money than anyone else, and they wanted to get <laughs> their money's worth. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it was always going to be what it was, you know. It was always going to be kiddie tea time filler, um, and it had it had its moments. Uh, I think it, I mean it's still got two more episodes to go, and probably it's going to get renewed because someone in ITV brass absolutely loves wrestling for some reason, even though it's getting no ratings. Um, but yeah, it's obviously not designed to appeal to us at all, and it's probably a shame because it means that no big TV company is ever going to gamble on wrestling ever again. <laughs> it's hard to say. If they get a better relationship together for like a second series, uh, the, the one thing that I've, I feel like they really failed on was they didn't introduce the characters properly. Oh, absolutely. Especially on ITV where they do all all the sob stories and all yeah, the puff just, piece. Just do like <laughs> reality an, shows. An interview with the wrestler before the match just saying, hi, I'm like... yeah." Just in size, and I'm I played Hawkeye and the Marvel thing, and but I, hey, hi, how you doing? I'm from Rochdale or wherever he's from. Yeah, um, it is crazy that an ITV property can feel so ITV and yet not capitalize on the thing that ITV are good at. <laughs> really, really was, yeah. Um, so that was to, to me that was the most disappointing thing that they didn't introduce people properly, so they didn't give us a reason to care. Mm-hmm. It, even us, like knowing who all the wrestlers are, it's still baffling that they just didn't seem to want to introduce them to other people um at wrestling ratings wrestling as in like r-a-s-s yeah <laughs> um uh he wants to know um more people need to watch uh saber a kid from spain osprey done from italy it's basically like a all european wrestling is important uh, thing like there's there's more to the scene than, than what we talk about which i guess is fair uh there's only so much time we have to talk about things there's only so, so much time we get to watch things um but there's going to be a question coming up asking about other scenes and what what's going to break out so we'll kind of save that for that question um 
Next up, uh, at Akil Khalid, my good friend Akil. Uh, he's got three questions for us. Number one, are all British wrestling promotions cowards for not booking the Great Carly? Well, absolutely, because that would be a hell of a draw, and <laughs> mm-hmm. you'd have people coming out the woodwork to see Carly. I mean, De- I, like, I, I was, I was like ten or eleven when Carly was getting his big push. He couldn't fucking get people to shut up about like Batista versus Great Carly um, <laughs> at my school, and like. You know, <laughs> this was when wrestling was like deemed not cool, and yet people were still talking about it because it's just like a freak show thing. And that you know, at that age, you don't really understand it. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> you'd get a big audience and not like a traditional wrestling audience as well. You'd get those people when they watched SmackDown when they were ten, thinking like it would be a laugh to come watch Great Carly just chop some people or whatever. Well, there's just nobody like him, is there? So it's like. <laughs> Even if you just kind of wheeled him out for the the the, the sideshow attraction of it, I, I think he'd be fine. Like, I don't know. I, I assume he'd be very expensive, which is why it's, this has oh, not yeah, happened course, anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and I, but I mean, I'm not sure how much he would give all his money to go and see it. So he'd make it all back on just <laughs> oh, him. all of it. Yeah, yeah. He'd buy all the merch. <laughs> um, there's more questions from Akil. Uh, question two: Progress equals trash? Question mark. <laughs> Um, I I think that's harsh. <laughs> I <laughs> I mean I'll I'll always appreciate um the, the exchange when Galato Dan jokingly <laughs> yeah. equals trash and Jim Smallman said what the fuck mate <laughs> yeah that that is a, a a classic Brit rest moment and will be etched into all our memories forever. So that, that's a major... equals trash exclamation mark is my response to that question. Yeah, another. Outstanding Galazzo Dan tweet. He's <laughs> <laughs> the best of us on the Twitter machine. Um, yeah. uh, question three: Big Grizzly, all caps. Well, he he was one of the reasons why he won the Euro draft. So well done. I to be honest again, <laughs> given the ratio of Big Grizzly drafted to wins, he should go in the first round next year. <laughs> it, the stats suggest so. If we're going to do I mean, really- metrics on this. He, he is a massive draw with the uh, the voting public. Yeah, <laughs> he's a, he's a Euro draft Hall of Famer certainly at this point. And it, it kind of makes you wonder why he's not getting booked in more places because, yeah. like, he's got a really People good look. Apparently, love him. Yeah, yeah he's, he's <laughs> at a, least among our little clique. Yeah, he's a very very decent professional wrestler, and like, I wouldn't have drafted him if he wasn't good. I'm not just going to yeah. draft people for the the sake of like. Um, this will get me votes, ha ha ha. Which yeah. I did last year with like Big T. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's he's a really good wrestler. Yeah, so definitely. that's a genuine big grizzly all caps question. Um, moving on, we've got uh, Andrew Sinclair asked, "Where's the love for ICW?" But I think we've kind of covered that. And Tim uh, at Tim underscore dog un- dog underscore. Um, he's got a question about TK Cooper. What mm-hmm. does TK Cooper have to do once again to become a big star? He's he's got to trust the process of the three friends. <laughs> no, um, well, first of all, and even I, I, I think it was the Indie Corner podcast that said this, but ditch that bloody escape the mid card gimmick. What are you doing, man? You're devaluing yourself. You you were the biggest star in Britress a year ago. You came back. To a, a standing ovation, you ran down with Dahlia Black, fended off CCK with I, the chairs. It was huge. It was amazing. I think and now you're on the pre-show battle royal. 
a, a big part of it is it wasn't him coming back, it was them coming back. Yeah. Dahlia Black, for the whatever power, reason... power trip. Yeah, she's decided to, to not do wrestling anymore. I think she works in a wine bar. Yeah. Um, and I Fairly really... sensible of her. <laughs> I don't know. I think he really misses her. Like, the, the, that was a key part of his gimmick. Absolutely, it was a key yeah. part of his... How he got over. And yeah, he was a really good uh, professional wrestler as well. The stuff he was doing in the tag team with Trav helped get him over. But he got over in the first place by being... Dahlia Black's boyfriend. That's what <laughs> oh, got him out. I want, I want the heady days of that match with Ringkamp back again. That was good stuff. <laughs> when, when I was young and there were so many possibilities <laughs> and yeah, TK so, Cooper was going to conquer Britoris. But there's there's two things he can do. Uh, one is he, he needs to find a connection to somebody else in professional wrestling. Uh, to be honest, the thing he's doing with Chuck Mambo is not a bad idea because that gives them like a a connection that you can relate to. So if they started doing a story together, whether it's a feud or a, a tag team, I would buy into it. Uh, and the other I think thing also is- run away from progress because they've booked him into oblivion and he'll never ever be seen as a threat again. There, Like it's a bit, it's Mikey whiplash syndrome. Like there's only so much bad booking you can go through before. It's just like, you just come out to laughs instead of applause yeah. or anything. Well, there's only so many places you can work, so I can understand yeah. him wanting to take those books. No, I, I, obviously I understand progress is, is the big place, and it's obviously where he came up from, where he started in, in Britain, but it's just not it's not the place where he needs to be right now. Yeah, um, no, I agree he, with that he as needs well. To, he needs to expand out and just do, do something else, <laughs> anything <laughs> else, than what uh, he's doing right now, because uh, it's not working. A third thing is, I think he just needs a, a makeover. Um, I the dungarees. Yeah, the dungarees and yeah, they they served their purpose again when he was with Dahlia. It's it it's a bit like Roman Reigns still wearing the <laughs> the, the the protective armor. Like it, uh, it's a, it's an old gimmick. It's a dead gimmick. I think my beef with with TK coming out dressed like that is it makes me think he has a bad physique. Yeah, uh, he doesn't. He's <laughs> you know he's a built boy. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It's like he comes out dressed that way, and I'm thinking. He's dressed that way because he hasn't done any sit-ups this week, and he's just like he's got a gut hanging over his waist. I can't tell because he's wearing dungarees. But like, is that the problem? Like, does he have a a, a physique issue? Um, I don't know. But like, yeah, I think he needs a he needs a makeover. Um, yeah, he needs to make a connection with somebody else on the scene that he hasn't made already, and he needs to get away from progress. So there you go. That's what he needs to do. Cool. Um. Second question from Tim. This is a really good one. Uh, what country do you see breaking out as a wrestling hotbed next and why? And he said besides Spain, because I was immediately <laughs> going to go Spain, because yeah, White Wolf. Uh, oh, the crowd in Spain is just amazing. Uh, <laughs> I kind of want to go and see a, a White Wolf show. Yeah, I, I love it because it their, their fandom is entirely based on like modern indie wrestling, which is awesome. Like it, It's the first sort of fan base with completely like no history before it so it's it's for it's it's brand new it feels fresh and like they're obviously doing progress in spain basically with what white wolf wrestling is although the shows are free which is uh, (laughs) it's not really a business model it's just i I don't even know what's going on there they're just doing it because they want to do it which is um, amazing (laughs) there's a lot of guys who just really really into wrestling they they want yeah they've seen will osprey they want to do what he does and they're doing it and it's really cool and they're having great matches (laughs) so 
what they're doing there is pretty special right now, um, and it will certainly get bigger in 2019 as more people see it. Like we've already seen mur- more murmurings about it this year, but yeah, it's, it's going on WXW now as part of their expansion. Um, they're offering yeah. nine but, more wrestling promotions. And than I'd they... say that's the big ticket promotion of yeah. those promotions. Yeah, definitely will be exciting to see more of them. I'm always on WXW now. Like WXW now always has like the conversations and stuff. I've always got it playing uh, uh, every few days. So yeah, I'll definitely be checking out that, and hopefully we'll get to talk about it next year. Um, uh, but yeah, we're told not Spain. We're not not Spain. So Spain. we talked about Spain. Uh, <laughs> Hungary. Hung- I was going to say Hungary. That's literally I. I wish I could screenshot this and just send it straight to you now. But like, I literally have Hungary written down. Yeah. Because of the talents coming out of there, you've got Audrey Bride, who is in WXW. You've got uh, Icarus and Dover, who are in, in WXW as well. And the scene is a little bit more uh, deeper than that. I've, I've watched like bits of, of Hungarian shows, mm. and there is talent there. Yeah, well, there was that big show uh, with like MVP on it, which Mike was considering going to. <laughs> which was, uh, I, I think we should organize a, a trip to Budapest. <laughs> Imagine year. that. And go watch MVP versus Icarus or something. <laughs> I would totally be on board for that. Um, another country that I think has a shot at a scene but is struggling to get there is Italy. Um, you always hear about these Italian tours that guys yeah. go on, like Damon Moser and, and William Eva went and wrestled in Italy for like a couple of weeks. There, there is potential there, and it's just not there yet. But yeah, that's another place where I could see stuff exploding. Whereas, like, you look at uh, France, for example, and France has no scene. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing at all. I've watched one show, <laughs> one French show, and it was from a, uh, like, a social club, and there were about 40 people there, and it was god-awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's funny how Germany just has the big infrastructure of wrestling, um, and now those other countries are starting to catch up a little bit, obviously still very much in their infancies, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> and then you've got France, which is just... They're, they're too busy eating cheese and surrendering. I, I think they just thumb their nose up at it. It's not really. For yeah, them. it's it's so. not high culture. It's not. It's not yeah. Le Louvre. <laughs> no, <laughs> I assume all French people just go to Le Louvre every weekend. Wankers. <laughs> um, I just like to point out that we are actually kidding there because like um, I have at least one friend from France so I don't want him uh, yeah, I mean Chris Taylor the the most well dressed man he doesn't go by Chris Taylor anymore but the guy we met in a uh, uh, Carrot who wrote that article for Voices of Wrestling about Okada's long long boys mm. uh, is from France and so oh, he okay. might single handedly two uh, then two, two people I know from France. <laughs> he, <laughs> so but maybe there is a scene coming through there <laughs> It's not there yet. No, (laughs) no. Yeah. Um, And a third question from... Two talents. (laughs) A third question from Tim. uh, Why didn't you draft my girl, Martina? Well, Ollie did last year, and we mocked him for it, so that's yeah, why. Yeah, the incessant mockery was enough to draw me off forever. Uh, But fear not, because she'll have a chance to redeem herself at Tag League, at Femme Fatale, (laughs) going against Melanie Gray. So... You know, we'll we'll see if she we overlooked her or not in that match. Well, I've seen her wrestle like since the draft, and yeah, I don't think we're really missing that much. Look, the gimmick's fine; it's always been fine. Uh, just the work needs to improve. So, yeah. Also, she has a katakana name on Twitter. A what? 
because she went to Japan on. So you got to spell your name Japanese like. Oh, oh, I get you now. Yeah, um, yeah. She's in <laughs> Odo Tai, which is bizarre to me because she just does not fit into that group at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all I got from the, the from the mailbag there. From uh, thank you everyone on Twitter who submitted a question that was uh, very entertaining. Yeah, I, I, that was very enjoyable. I had, I had a proper laugh with all my friends through the internet, and that's what this <laughs> podcast is for. <laughs> that was like half an hour. That's half an hour worth of uh, Twitter questions. Yeah. So that was that was good stuff. So thank you all for that. And when we do one of these next time, make sure you get your questions in via the Twitter machine. We um, will we will literally answer anything as we, as we've just proved. There's only, yeah, there's only a chance <laughs> that we might make fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> small small chance. So yeah, anything else you want to talk about, Arn, as you pack your bags and head off to Oberhausen? Uh, I actually need to do that, so... No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, I will try and wrangle up someone uh, to review Wembley with, as that happens right now. Yeah, you might actually have to just ring us. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll I like... will, satellite via satellite, Arn and Rob. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be like, I don't know, we, we haven't seen it, it's not on VOD yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although the Wi-Fi in the hotel's too bad to actually watch it, so... Oh, that, yeah. that's the John Briley excuse, you can't use that. Uh, well, I'm not uploading anything, I just can't even watch it, because it's, uh, <laughs> the, the Wi-Fi's that bad. Maybe I can get it to hook it up on a screen somewhere downstairs, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll try and call you from... The uh the trip, uh lobby where presumably you Rob and whoever else is going to the trip because the trip is better than the NH will be <laughs> after, uh whatever show it is. We'll be in that lobby at some point. So just ring ring the trip and just ask yeah. to speak to us. <laughs> ask for Mister Furious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that that'll do for us. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Arnold Furious. Also, direct questions there for future episodes. And uh, the website that I write for is reviewreviews.com. I also write for Voices of Wrestling, as does Ollie. Ollie. Yes, you can follow me at another Ollie. I'm actually tweeting things more often now, uh, which is good. Wrestling, Formula One, and how much I hate Formula One. Uh, oh. And also, uh, listen to my other podcast, Boo. Uh, don't listen <laughs> to his other podcast. No, don't, do, don't, do. No, it's great. Don't. It's good stuff. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> and that that'll do it. Um, we'll see you next time. I am a uh, two-time Euro Draft champion, Arnold Furious. I've been with Ollie Court. Good evening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zero times, baby. <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, 
and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.